My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. I am Iron Man. I see dead people. May the force be with you. To infinity and beyond! I will not die sober! Check one, two, three. Check one, two, three. This is Benny on the dispatch. Yeah. Lights up on Washington Heights. Up at the break of day, I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. Pop the grape at the crack of dawn. Sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey, y'all. Uh, good morning. I don't know. I don't know. This is Pop Horror Review, the movie podcast. I am Matt, along with Jimmy and Kelly. Hi. Hi. And I hope you like... Did you guys like my little mashup I made? Well, at first I thought you started with the Benny song, and I was like, wait, why would you play that song as our opening? Well... I started technically well, with it. Well, I yeah. didn't realize that. Th- I didn't realize. I thought you had said that that you had to like scrap the whole thing because it wasn't working, but apparently not because then it went into. Did you enjoy it? That's the question. Yes. Yes. That I was, was a little, great. I was a little nervous at it. I was like, per- I was like trying to pick songs because there was one song I left out that I really wanted to include was the um, the end. It, not the end, but in the, the toward, finale song. Not the finale, but towards oh, the end. Oh, Carnival del Barrio. Yes, I wanted Carnival. to include that one. And I was also super scared to unmute Kelly before I started talking because I wasn't sure if she was mouth singing or no, actually No, I was singing. mouth singing. <laughs> so I was like, let me keep her silent until I start talking. It's literally so funny because every single um, part that you played is like the parts of the songs that I keep singing constantly and it's pissing off my coworker. Oh, not really? pissing off. It's not pissing her off, but she's, but she's like, I have a repertoire of songs that I sing all day at work it's mostly been disney and now in the heights <laughs> mix in there so literally like she knows that every morning i start off with hercules i can go the distance and then i usually devolve into pocahontas and now it's just in the heights for the rest of the day so like she's just like i have my own playlist that i sing all day at work <laughs> well i mean if anyone couldn't tell by what we're talking about now or the intro clip we are talking about into the heights it is on hbo max it's and called, it's in theaters it, it's in the heights. i'm sorry i keep doing that i keep calling it into the heights i don't know why you're thinking of into the woods no i just for some reason keep, i even wrote when we had like our schedule i literally wrote into the heights and i was like wait why do i have into the heights that's not the word that's not the song that's not the name but it's in the heights a film version of the broadway musical in which unsnavi a sympathetic new york Bodega owner saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. And it is at 96% with critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 95% with audiences. So it is just everyone's in agreement. It's great. Um, would you like to hear the drink? Yes. The drink is called El Barrio. It is blue hypnotic, vodka, orange juice, and pink lemonade. It was actually quite delicious. You want to hear a funny story about this drink? Sure, Matt. You know why? You you and your drinks. I literally was scrolling through my phone, deleting pictures because I have all the drink stuff and I was trying to like clear it out. And I see this drink and I'm like, this wasn't a drink that we, we've had already. I was like, okay, uh, let me try and like kind of pig it with our list that I have. 
And I was like, I have no idea what this drink is for. And I realized that I just made a bunch of drinks at one point a couple months ago and just left them on my phone, not assigning it to any movie. And I was like, oh, perfect. This, this, is, in, this is in the Heights drink. And that was my story. You probably would like it, Kelly. Uh, yeah, it sounds like I would like it. That's my type of thing. But let's do some uh, shotgun, some facts. Kelly, you want to give us a shotgun noise? There we go. Number one, there were four actors who originated a role on who originated a role on Broadway and who were also in the movie. Lin Manuel Miranda, who originated Usnavi uh, on Broadway, also played the uh, how do you pronounce Kiragua. it? Priagua. Priagua. I had it. I was practicing it, and it was perfect until the day we record. Priagua. Oh my god. Um, oh my god. You still <laughs> Priagua. Piragua. Piragua. Yes. There okay. you go. I saw in the Heights on Broadway. But unfortunately, I had almost all of the original cast except Lin Manuel Miranda because Corbin Blue was playing the role of Uznavi when I went to go see it. I can see that being the, pretty good, actually. And the reason why I saw it was because Britney Spears saw it in Britney for the record, and I asked my mom for my birthday. FYI, guys, I, I don't know if I've ever said I'm obsessed with Britney Spears. But also, the woman who played Abelela Claudia was um, that character in the play and the movie. Um, nominated for a Tony. For nominated that. for a Tony, yes. It's Olga Medides. I'm so sorry for if I pronounce, if I butcher your name. I I don't mean it. I apologize. Uh, Christopher Jackson, who originated Benny on Broadway, played the Mr. Softy truck driver. And then Seth Stewart, who originated Graffiti Pete, cameoed as the club bartender in the movie. So there were four people who were in both. I would just like to say something. I'm going to have my own little fun fact. The person who plays Abuela. I didn't approve this, so you cannot. You know, no, you're going to say my next one? I swear to God, about, you're going to say my next is one. Is it about Rosa? Yes. Oh. My next one was all about the people who are also in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and in, in the Heights. Did you want to say them? Well, there's three of them. There's four of them. The f- what's the fourth one? If you include Rosa. No, no, I wasn't. I, the, who, what are the other ones? Okay, the, who are they? Because I had three. I had uh, Abuela Claudia, Kevin Rosario, um, what is her name? Carla, and who else? Oh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot he played Amy's brother in one yeah. episode. So it was Rose's, uh, Rose's mother is Abuela Claudia. Uh, Amy's father is... Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. And Stephanie Patrice is... Her name is Carla in the movie, right? Yeah. She was Rosa. And then Lynn Manuel Miranda played Amy's brother. Another uh, random fact is the person who plays... Uh, who's the main... Vanessa? What's her name? Daniela or... Daniela. Da- I think her name oh, is like, da- da- oh, the, like the, Yeah, the head of the salon girls. She originated the role of Mimi on Rent. Okay, I mean, that didn't, that didn't, I can see that, but I was, throughout the whole movie, I was like, I feel like I've seen this actress, and I'm not sure where, and I obviously didn't see her originate, originate the char- that character on Rent, but I, I, I could have swore I saw her somewhere else in like a movie or a TV show. But anyway, the next fact, number three. For the filming of the pool scene for 96,000, it was originally scheduled for two days, but it had to be filmed over three because there were like dangerous lightning storms when they were all in the pool, and they literally had to like take them out, put them back in, take them out, put them back back in. And it made more sense to me when I read this fact because during that scene, whenever you see Usnavi, oh my like, god, yeah, oh my god, you, the green screen. But I don't know if it was a green screen or it was just a change of weather. No, that's a green screen. Was it okay? It was a green screen. I thought it was, it was so bad. I thought it was a green screen, and then I was like, well, we're eating this. I was like, could it have just been the the, the, the light change so drastically because of lightning and stuff? But I can't believe you didn't say there was 500 extras in that scene. There's 500 extras in that scene. I just said it. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, number four. I actually thought this was very funny, and this is what I'm saving for the end. Um, 
The filming of In the Heights coincided with the filming of Steven Spielberg's remake, West Side Story. And apparently they were like, the sets were so close together that like one of the West Side Story's catering trucks are in In the Heights. That was like, that's, I, that seems very close to have two sets. That's like a lot of closures of streets. I was like, these, this poor neighborhood probably had to deal with a lot of stuff. Yep, they they <laughs> shut down. I, oh, when you said the West Side Story, I didn't realize they shot that in New York. So, and then I, I did read that fact, and I was like, wait a minute, did they not? Did they shoot all of this on back lots? And I went on, I'm like, okay, no, they did shoot it up in the Bronx and like Washington Heights. So, well, was no, because that like, was they don't film this in New York. I'm like, why? That was the one thing that like it gave me like I just thought of the production of this movie because it was like almost I mean yes there were some probably sound stages and stuff like that but like most of it was like location it seemed like and I was like this seems like such a hassle to make this movie just because like it's not like a large area it's like this little area they're trying to film in and I was like I was like just knowing like how like production works I was like no I, I this would give me too much stress. It makes you feel worse that the movie's bombing at the box office. No. Uh, yeah, but I have a th- I have a theory on that, but I guess I can just say it now. Um, I feel like because what I liked about this, I mean, did we all like this movie? I loved, I loved it. it. I did like. I actually liked it a lot. Which is funny because I thought it was gonna suck. <laughs> I think you both thought it was gonna suck, didn't because you? Because that first trailer the was trailer so was bad. Terrible. Cut a bad trailer. Then I saw. Then I think we saw the ninety six hundred. Uh, song in like before Cruella and I was like oh wait that actually kind of looks kind of good and then all the reviews were like this is probably one of the best musical adaptations ever and I was like okay I should see it I I didn't look at the Rotten Tomato score until I was in the theater about to see it because I was just like I kind of put it out of my mind but then I was just like you know it's a new movie I want to go see it so I went and I'm like 96 percent and I was like oh shit am I in the am I in the theater am I about to watch a good movie and I did. And I was very, I was happily surprised. This was my like process of like my, like my thoughts of the movie. When the first trailer came out, I did not want to see it. It did not look good. The second, like, I think it was for the Oscars. Maybe they released a trailer or something like big, like a big, a big award show they released. And I was like, oh wait, why does that one look so much better than the first trailer? And then I watched the opening scene when with Corell, I'm not the opening scene, but the scene for 96,000 with Corell. I was like, oh, this looks really good. And I saw the movie and I, I really liked it. There were some problems with it. I mean, I have a couple problems with it, but it was very good. It's a very, it's, I actually watched it twice because I was between two, I was thinking, because I take this podcast very seriously. I was between two scores and I was like, let me watch it one more time to decide my fate. And I was like, you know what? If I can watch it that close together, it gets the higher score. So we'll find that out later. Hey, what's up? I'm Jess. And I'm Shauna. And we're the hosts of Cheers to Beers, a beer podcast run by two beer professionals. We're certified Cicerones, craft beer judges, and founders of Seattle Beer School. We interview brewers. Basically, it was kind of like drinking sherry. <laughs> yeah, at that point. But like, I don't know, sherry's pretty good though. <laughs> and after you're freaking 20 Orvals in, you're yeah, like, like who, care, who cares at this point? <laughs> Artists who work for breweries. Was it literally like Mirror Pond, Blue Pepe Creek? There was like no middle ground. That's great. Bartenders, management, and everyone in between. We're not German. Well, Wait, what is it? Your last name? My last name is Keller, so I guess I, I have some <laughs> German blood in me. <laughs> but Keller beer, it's your beer. It is my beer. And sometimes it's just us waxing poetic. More like unable to shut up. About everything beer. How far do you think you could throw a pumpkin? Mm. Like I'm talking like a jack-o'-lantern size. I don't know, 40 feet? Is that, 40 <laughs> feet? Is that far? Yes. That's okay. <laughs> You're some sort of monster. Want to learn more about craft beer in all its glory? Or maybe you're new to beer and want a comfortable place to learn more. We got you. 
Catch us every other Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Cheers. Do you know what was like a good decision? And like, look, I have nothing against Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think he's a genius and I do like him. But I am so happy that he didn't cast himself as Uznavi because he literally was thinking of casting himself as Uznavi. And I'm like, no, please no. Like, dude, I know you originated the role, but I don't want to see you as the main role. Like, I kind of hate that he puts himself in every single thing he does. Mm-hmm. Like, he he just can't, like, keep himself out of it. And I was just like, I'm so happy that he chose Anthony Ramos. Like He was very good. I don't. Yeah, he was in Hamilton, too. But. Actually, every, he Lin-Manuel Miranda used the same cast for literally everything. But, like, I literally was so happy that he, he didn't cast himself as Uznavi because, like, one, it's just, I think, one, he said, he's like, I'm too old for the role now. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Like, it was yes. just, and it's just, like, again, like, I don't like that Lin-Manuel Miranda has to stick himself in every single thing he does. Well, like, he, he has to play a role. Well, here's my take. I'm not a fan of Lin Manuel Miranda. I've have I haven't seen Hamilton yet. I did. I think the the one that like really killed it for me was Mary Poppins Returns. Exactly, because and he's not Mary a good Poppins actor. Returns I mean, he suck. could be an amazing writer. He's not a good actor. I do not think he's a good actor. And I mean, he's a good singer, but not the best, to my opinion. Well, he's a good Broadway. Act. There's a difference between Broadway acting. He's a musical. And, he's and, a theater and, yes, kid. Yeah, and, but but I mean, I've never seen him live. I've only really like. Mary Poppins and this, maybe like some other little things, but I mean, one he he is way too old to play this role. Like if he would have been cast, him like the only time I think they can cast the original Broadway people is going to be for Book of Mormon because they make a joke in that about how they're only supposed to be eighteen, but they're obviously not. And I think that'll go. That I think will be the only things that go over well. If they like do it like ten years later, but no, he's way too old, and I'm so happy they cast Anthony Ramos. And I'm not a fan of Anthony Ramos either, from what I've seen him in. This is like the first thing I actually liked him in. Yeah, but you've seen him in things that he's been in there for two seconds. You can't even make a judgment on that stuff. Yes, I can make a judgment. But like he's been in uh, things that he like it wasn't like a oh like I can tell if he's amazing or a terrible actor. He's been in the Star Is Born. I wasn't that it? I just didn't care for him. Okay. I didn't no, say he was a terror. I just said he. I didn't care for him. I don't like. I don't like him. But now I. I, I liked him in this. So, I will say though, um, like Wilma, Lin Manuel Miranda, like, I think he would be too old for this. But that was the one. Like that's one of the one two. That's one of the two things I had a problem with this. Like I thought this movie's a little long, and like I feel like they purposely put him in there to like sell the movie as a the Piragua. No, but I think like they, because I read, a, I think that I read somewhere that like they were like, they were going to cut the, that character and he was really upset because he like, liked that storyline and I was like, and he, so then the writer was like, oh, you be in it and they won't cut it. And I was like, okay, like, but that's, that's when like the movie kind of hit, like there were, there were very little lows in this movie and like sometimes when like, would they revere too far from the actual story when the main characters is when it kind of lulled a little for me. And I think that they would have cut him out or maybe and maybe a couple little things here and there. It would have been a much tighter, amazing movie, in my opinion. What, but it is different from the play. They cut out a lot from the play. That's what There's I, at least yeah. another 45 minutes from the play. And I would have preferred that they cut his character and added in more of the Nina Benny scenes. Because Nina and Benny have a more prominent role in the play. And their storyline is actually a little different. And it's like... But then I also understand why they put Lin-Manuel Miranda in it because I, when I was reading about the box office today, 
they were saying that one of the things that in the Heights is really uh, suffering from is a lack of big names to draw the people, to draw everyone in. They were like, no movie has done like, it's just not no movie, but it's like the movie did so much PR work and showed like 96,000, which is like the staple song and everything like that. It's just like, but yet they couldn't bring anyone in because they did lack that big name. But the thing is, I think HBO Max might have misstepped in thinking that Lin-Manuel Miranda could bring in a huge crowd. I wouldn't go see a movie because he's in it. I would see it because he made, wrote it maybe or like made the music. That's yeah. different. Than, yeah, I, I agree with you. made the music. Because that's but. what I was, before I forgot what I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Um, someone, someone on Twitter said like, it, it, it shows that like when you, like when you don't have a big name, you can still make a great movie. But the problem is when you don't have, you can have a great movie, but people might not be drawn to it because of the, the, the lack of the big name. So it's like a double-edged sword, I feel like in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I will give kudos to Warner Brothers for, like, literally giving their all, though, to promote this movie. Like, I don't remember a a YouTube video that I've seen in the last month where 96,000 wasn't the ad playing right before I watched a video or anything like that. Unfortunately, I do, the movie did suffer from lacking a big name in terms of box office. It was still a great movie, but I just, I don't think Lin-Manuel Miranda was enough. You know what's funny? Like, I'm now... I'm just trying, I'm trying, I'm thinking of the little clip we had at the beginning. Like, what were your favorite songs? Ooh, okay. My favorite song is, uh, it's a type, 96,000 is my favorite song, and then Blackout is my second favorite song. Jimmy? See, mine's Powerless and then 96,000. Wait, Powerless? Isn't Powerless it's Blackout? Powerless. It's part of That's the, Blackout. It's Blackout. It's Blackout. Oh, okay. Then it's Blackout. Wow, you, do, you love this movie. You don't even know the names of the songs, I, do, I just Jimmy? know they sing Powerless a lot. <laughs> I don't okay. look at my phone to see the name of the song. You just said you looked at the like the where the act break was. Yeah, because it said when the when there's a, when they lose power. I know it's when they lose power and like oh, after but that. When you look at stuff like that, usually it has a list of songs where it says act. Oh no, act I didn't. I just looked at the summary. Oh, oh okay. Um, it's because I liked. I think it would be a tie between nine. Um, not nine six. Uh, blackout and then the Carnival de Barrio. I think those are my. I don't know the bar the 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 Barrio the Carnival one was just like. It made you like want to dance. It was like one of those songs where like it actually made you want to get up and like dance. Which, I mean, like not as not every song can do that. So that's why it's a tie problem. But all the songs were like amazing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, think, I sing ninety six thousand all the time. I sing the ending part where the lottery like I'll be downtown. Like I'm literally always singing that part, and I'm like, God damn it. I will say though, like ninety six thousand. I think in terms of like structure of song is like one of the best because it goes from like such like an upbeat song to such like a more like emotional. And I was like, just to do that on like this, like the snap of a finger and like still be with everything and still like be as attached to the song is like, I thought was like a, I mean, I do wish I saw it in, on Broadway now seeing it. I mean, on, I, I saw it on Broadway and 96,000 was amazing, but this was better just because the scale of it was so, was so much larger. This does look like it can lend more towards a uh, movie scope than a broadway scope well yeah they there's no pool in the there's no pool on hey, broadway harry potter had a pool like yeah, tiny pool well, but they had a very little tiny pool yeah all everyone's just gonna be singing and splashing <laughs> around the net the entire audience is just gonna start drowning like the first row is a splash zone. did you ever see the shows where like it's like on top it's like these people are dancing like in water but like you're looking up at them have you ever gone to one of those shows 
What do you mean, like Aladdin? No, like it's. What? I went to a. Th- I went to some like weird, like some weird show that was kind of cool, but it was all like immersive with the audience. But like they had this one little like act where there were these people like, s- like synchronized swimming almost above you in like this pool that no. was like floating, and I was like, they Never. could do that. It could be above you. It's the risk. Will it pop and? Would it be like Shamu splashing all over you? We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> it's the it's the oh energy. God, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like with, with Blackout, though, that is like the closest they had for a Broadway play. What do you mean? Like that, It was like that. I was sitting there and watching the, the play. Like I was sitting there and watching these actors on a live stage. Like I felt that? like John M. Chu literally was able to translate what it's like to see a Broadway play onto a screen. And I've really never seen that before. With that song? That that song, really? That's it's like that song. that's almost exactly how it happened in the play, um, Blackout. No, Jimmy's right. Like when I saw the play, like it almost played out exactly like that. The entire theater went black, and all you could see were the actors and their phones being like, "Qué pasó? Qué pasó? Qué pasó? Open the door! Open the door!" Like it was literally exactly like that. And this is yeah, like Jimmy's right. John M. Chu, he literally achieved what like so many filmmakers try to do, like. Remember how, like I said, the prom tried to do that and it just looked like shit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like the prom does not even like live up to the way he filmed this at all. Like I did feel like I was like watching a Broadway play. And just because another thing, Jimmy might have felt that way because this is the song that they sing right before intermission in the play. Yeah. It's the mid-climax song and it had that mid-climax song feel like on a Broadway play right before intermission. I get the Broadway feel because it's like the very different parts all singing at once that I got, but like, and this is where I think we're going to, we're all, I'm going to differ from the two of you is the second problem I had was that I feel like pretty much what you guys were saying. He was trying to film it like a play, but also film it like a movie. In my opinion, it just was clashing a lot of times. And like, I, I felt like he, he was trying to do both at the same time. And for me, it just didn't work. I thought he should have gone more movie-esque because i thought this would have been beneficial to the scope of it that's just my but, opinion but though. see i i think that it was still so cinematic like there's two scenes three scenes i can think of where it's just so cinematic like the the ninety six thousand, just that whole cinematography is beautiful you have when vanessa's running down the street and all the uh uh the the, the fabric is coming from the skies and then you had the benny and uh nina song where they're dancing on the side of the building Mm-hmm. Like those are all amazing, amazingly shot scenes. So it's definitely cinematic, but it's also and the and the yeah. Sorry, finish, Jimmy. There's like one other song I want to bring up. Yeah, and so I mean, like, there's it's still cinematic, while also I felt like the music translating because you had like the chorus and everything. No, I I mean you get like you have the people like the, I I've I get it in a sense like I saw parts of it where it was like oh like I can like at the end of. In the Heights, right? That was the song in the beginning, the one that he's Anthony Ramos sings. Yeah. At the end, where just you kind of see everyone walking away, like that. I I can see elements where they were trying to be like a Broadway play, but I just personally thought that like when they try, because I didn't see it as like watching a Broadway play like live on stage. I never, I didn't get that, but I got like the, um, I got like you were immersed in the world more than I was watching it on stage. Um, I just feel like when they tried to interject like the Broadway esque, it just. I, I don't know. It just it it gave, it just sometimes it didn't work for me. I felt like it was just clashing with the movie. Um, not, that's not the word I'm trying to. Think. It was clashing with like the movie style they were trying to go with and trying to go with the Broadway style. Just for me, that was clashing. 
I find it really funny that you say that because I said the same thing about the prom and you said that the prom felt cinematic. And I said, no, I felt the prom was trying to have scenes where it was Broadway-esque and I felt like it was just like a total miss. And I, I find that so strange that you feel that way about this movie when I thought the prom had that big problem. And you thought the prom was good in that sense. And I'm like, that is so, I just think it's so funny how like, we're literally on opposite ends of the spectrums with like two very different movies. I was actually thinking that when I was watching the movie because I was like the prom, you know what it was? Maybe for me, like the prom was more, the scope wasn't so big for the prom. So like when they did all the set changes and it, like the walls, it felt more appropriate to me. And that's why I thought they did a better job with that. With Into the Heights, I, I just felt like- they In almost, the Heights. Sorry, I don't know why I fucking keep saying that. Um, with Within the Heights, I felt like sometimes like it was like they were trying just to squeeze it in. So it wasn't like if they maybe did it, the I didn't think they did it the whole movie personally. And maybe if they maybe added more to it and tried to balance it more, I just thought they were clashing instead of balancing. And it is funny because I thought that exact same thing, Kelly, when I was watching In the Heights. I was like, wait, didn't I was like, I had the issue. I was like, I'm thinking about this. And then I was like, wait, I think Kelly had the same issue with the prom. And I was like, oh, I think that was fine. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> the song at the end with Champagne, the one where it's just um, Uznavi and Vanessa at the very end. Like, that was very cinematic. That was one shot and all live. So, like, I thought that was really interesting. And, like, that also gave me, like, a good, that gave me a really cinematic feel. Because it's like, I don't know. I really I, I really respect actors and directors who can do one shots and it's like singing and everything is live like 100%. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just mad respect towards Was that. the singing live in that scene? Yeah, they were rapping and everything live. They said everything was live and they did that, I think they said like 16 times and they used the fourth take. Just for that scene. The whole movie wasn't live, right? It was like a mix of live and then recorded. You could tell like some of it when he was rapping was live. No, because I thought some of it was good. And I think that I remember watching, I think the scene with the champagne, the champagne scene. And I remember saying, I think that one is live. But a lot of the movie, personally, I didn't. And like this is, didn't like affect the like the, how I appreciated the movie. But like I felt like this, the lip syncing wasn't amazing. And I feel like I can tell. Sometimes when they go so big in the studio and they, like, they, they try to mimic it and they have to like recreate what they did in the studio, it doesn't come off the same. And I was actually telling my brother, I was like, what, like do, a lot of, do a lot of musicals still do like what Les Mis did when they sang live? Because you can like, it just impacts the movie more. And I, and I can tell with the champagne scene, I, like I was thinking that and I was like, was it? And I was like, I don't know because the rest of the movie I don't think is live. So I was like, I don't know if they would do that just for one scene, but I'm glad they did because I did, I did notice that. I think this movie is a hybrid of live and then a hybrid of recorded. Because, uh, like, there are some scenes where, like, I can kind of tell that they're being, that they're uh, rapping live. But it's so funny because, like I said, I've been listening to the soundtrack. And the soundtrack includes almost all of their dialogue. So, like, literally, it's like I'm listening to the entire play through well, the soundtrack. So it, It's a very, like, uh, Les Mis, Hamill. I think like, it's, like, a very, like... Les Mis and Hamilton. I think Hamilton was like that too. Did you see a ha Hamilton, Kelly? Hamilton. Yeah. I saw Hamilton on Broadway and I saw it on Disney Plus. Hamilton has no talking. There's no normal talking. Oh, it's so that's like Les Mis altogether. All that's like Les Mis where it's like all yeah. singing, okay, or rapping. Yeah. There is there is legit no talking at all, and I did not know that when I went to go see Hamilton, the play. I was like, and I remember going to my mom. I was like, oh shit, they're not going to talk at all. This is all fucking rapping. 
<laughs> now did that like did that did you have to take like to adjust your brain for that um with hamilton yes because hamilton like hamilton is long just like in the heights but because hamilton has like the subject matter also can be a little boring like you know they're talking about like laws and like the war and then like what they're writing in letters it's like it can get a little tiring on the ears versus in the heights where it's like there is like normal talking but I get it's probably because the music is more modernized for and, for in the heights for in the heights okay. and relatable versus Hamilton where it's like okay hour two we're still talking about the fucking Constitution like because when I saw into the heights for the in, in the heights for the first time I was it, I it took me a while to get used to them doing like a normal musical when they kind of go into song but also meshing it with like kind of like a rap dialogue because like for some reason my brain takes rap dialogue and dialogue different and I need to like get used to it. So when I saw it the second time, it was knowing that I, that's what it was. Like it made the movie was great still, but like that's when I was watching. That was like it took. I that's why I was asking you because I was like it took me a second to get used to it the first time watching In the Heights personally. Oh no, yeah, I agree with you because when I saw Hamilton, it took me like it took me a little bit to get into it too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but like I guess I'm used to it because it's like I've seen In the Heights on the in on Broadway I've seen Hamilton on Broadway I've seen Hamilton on Disney Plus and now I saw the movie so it's kind of like my brain's like okay you've seen this before so like it wasn't hard for me to adjust yeah this was the first time seeing anything by like play uh Broadway wise by Lin-Manuel Miranda because like I didn't see any I haven't watched Disney Plus Hamilton I haven't seen Hamilton I didn't see in the in the heights on Broadway so this was like the first time so I think that's why too it was like it was just like it took me a second no yeah I I, I understand that because it's you have to get used to it because it's like you think a play is like you know how a normal pray like they break in the song and they go back yeah. yeah now and go back it's not just constant like flow 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 yeah now how much do you think they how much of the washington the george washington bridge was actually there or did they impose they did they cgi into the shot because that was in every shot to make sure they were like they cgi'd it not all of it probably no but most of it probably because I was like, wow, they're really trying to let you know that they're by the bridge. And I was like, it is. Yeah, but like every time they showed the bridge, it was sunset. Like every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, my favorite scene actually isn't a, mu- a, the, a musical number. My favorite scene is when they're at um, Abuela's house. No, I, no, is it Abuela's house or is it um, Jimmy Smith's house? But they're celebrating uh, Nina. It's Abuela's and- house. Okay, so that was my favorite scene because like literally like as soon as Benny walked in, I was like, Oh God, he, he's going to say something. And like this, the tension. And I was like, for, for me to like a, a, my favorite scene to be in a musical movie, to not be a musical number, I think that's actually very impressive. And that's good in the directing. Do you, do you know what I thought of when that happened? What? I was just like, motherfucker. This, I was like, Benny's pulling a Lisa Rinna and is going to pull a, I just have to say something. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. We don't need a Lisa Rinna moment. I was like, the first thing you do when you walk in, the first thing you do. Ooh, it was, I was like, and then it just escalated and like, you see the people are like, oh, it was just, it was such good act. It was so good that scene. And like, then the musical number is my favorite besides what that. What did but. you think of that storyline? Cause that's not the original storyline. What did I think of In Nina's storyline or just like the movie storyline? Like how, like, like the Benny, Nina, and the father storyline, because that is not the storyline in the in well, Because the, the mother's in alive the in the play, isn't she? The mother's alive in the play, and the father does not like Benny because he's not Hispanic. Oh, so interesting. that's that's what the is in that's what it is in the play. Like there's still the whole Stanford thing, 
but they're not buddy buddy. And they were, and Nina and Benny did not have a prior relationship in the play. So, but that's what I have to say. Like, I have to give, I know that you were like, sometimes it didn't feel like cohesive, but I was like, for what they removed and what they kept in and still kept to kind of the, the goal of the play. I don't know how else to say it. I was like, I felt it was really good because people who didn't see the play probably don't see like how different the storyline is. I don't think it's, I don't think it's incohesive story-wise. I thought it was a little incohesive style-wise that like the way they shot, like the way they shot it and directed it sort of, that's what I had a little, but the story, I actually, it was in my mind when I'm watching it. I thought it was a very interesting story because usually the story is about trying to like, they never want to leave the place they are. I thought that was a very interesting approach saying like most of the people want at the towards like, throughout the story wanted to leave where they were and like go back to their, like go back to Puerto Rico, go back to like, uh, I think it was Dominican Republic for, for uh, Usnavi. And I, I thought that was interesting because usually it's like the other way around. You know what I mean? Like the stories yeah. usually they want to go to America or whatever. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of flip to kind of have everyone. And obviously they, their stories wrap up throughout the movie, but like, I thought that was very interesting trying to flip it on its head and kind of like, it, it just made everything more uh, complex, which I thought I liked a lot. Yeah, that was like the goal of the play where it's just like rather than them being like, oh, we w- we think that we have to leave Washington Heights to reach our dream. It's like them coming to the realization that they love Washington Heights and they can still reach their dreams there. Like yeah. they're happy there. Like I also loved they don't the, need to go somewhere else. I thought all the acting was good. I thought I, for unknowns and because I think Nina literally was in nothing. I think I looked. She's in a random K-pop song. That's what it was. I That's saw like a bunch of K-pop stuff. I know her. And then she's in a random K-pop song. Vanessa and I was, was like, in a lot. Her? Vanessa was in a lot of stuff. Not in America. No, I've seen her. Oh, have oh you? no, she was. Yeah, she was in this um, stars. Uh, I watched the whole thing and I liked the show. Um, she was in the stars um, TV show called Vida. Mm-hmm. And it's actually very good. And it only actually ended last May 2020. Stars canceled it, which sucks because. It was actually really good. I, I actually I remember looking at IMDb, and I thought it was just I, I wasn't sure. I saw it was on Stars. I just never heard of it. Um, Benny, I mean, Corey Hawkins has been in stuff, and that, he wasn't. He's not really big. I don't think Anthony Ramos is big. And I thought like they took a risk. I think like we said before, like not hiring big people, but I think it paid off because the acting was. They had a lot of chemistry together. They focused more on chemistry than star power, and I I thought that actually helped the movie. Because it made almost like Washington Heights a character instead of like, oh, you're looking at these certain people, you know who they are and all that stuff. I also love... I mean, marketing-wise, it didn't help. (laughs) Well, I think that was the only downfall was marketing-wise. Or I think what drew people in was if you are big Broadway people who like knew the play and who knew the Manuel Miranda in that world. Because I don't think he's not... I mean, he has Mary Poppins, which is a bad example to like Lee. He was not good in that movie. And now he has he hasn't had Little Mermaid come out yet where he's writing music for and stuff like that. But it's in Moana. Oh, that's true. I like the music from Moana. Um, I forgot what my point was going to be after all this, but okay, I remember what I was going to say. The whole movie, I was like, I want them to get together, but the whole thing was like he goes to the DR, and I was like, well, damn. I was like, they have such good chemistry, and then you find out that he's not really in the DR, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. like best of both worlds, cool. Sorry, that was <laughs> really stupid thing. So, sorry. Moving on. That's great, man. Thanks. I know. I try. I. I. Oh, did you? Oh, this is what I wanted. I also wanted to ask this. Did you guys like In the Heights better or Crazy Rich Asians better for his John for John uh, In the Heights Chews movies? In the Heights. I think I like Crazy Rich Asians better. Not by much, but like I think there's just like a slight, a slight advantage. I don't know why. I just 
I don't know. I don't know why, but I, this movie was very good, but it just, I had a little, not, for the two problems I had with it, it just brought it down a little bit. Crazy Rich Asians, I remember saying like, it was just, they were, I, I remember having a lot of problems with it. Anyone else have anything to say? Mm. No, I think you guys covered everything. Like, I mean, what I, is it? Our podcast? You mean you're a guest on it? Yeah. We covered everything. No, I mean, like we covered everything. No, my whole thing was that was like this is the closest I've been to seeing a Broadway play since probably November of 2019. I think was the last time I was at a Broadway play. So I'm like very excited to go back to see Broadway. February, plays. you were at a Broadway play. I was. Harry that, was that was a that was a that was a play. Oh, a you meant musical. musical. Oh, okay. Oh, now I know Jimmy said already that this or he already answered this, but Kelly, is this your favorite? Um, musical adaptation and a, f- a film musical adaptation. I don't know because I know Jimmy also hates it, but I really love Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a tie. But the thing is, is that I would, I ha- Mamma Mia. If I had to choose between the two movies, I'd probably watch Mamma Mia first. So I guess Mamma Mia is still my favorite. Yeah, my I think this is in my top three, but I think I like Chicago the best for. Uh... Oh my god, I hate Chicago. Oh really? Oh, I loved Chicago. Yeah, I, I do not like Chicago. I, I mean, I watched Chicago twice. The first time I hated it, and then I watched it a couple of years later. I watched it like last year, and I thought it was excellent. So, I agree with Matt. That's a great musical. But this is your favorite, though, right, Jimmy? This In is the my Heights. Favorite, yeah. You want to rate it? Sure. I will give it a nine. Kelly. I will give it a nine. I'm gonna give it a ten. That's a nine point three. So we're, we're all agreeing. Rotten Tomatoes critics, Rotten Tomatoes audience, and Popcorn Review is all in. We should just be a second, a third section of Rotten Tomatoes. What does Popcorn Review think? And it's usually, actually, that's not true. It's usually not the same. But for this one, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think we've, t- I talked about the t- everything I wanted to. Jimmy said you did. Kelly, did you? Yeah, it was just a great movie. There's really not too many. Um, I feel bad that it's not doing well at the box office. And I think that's because of COVID too. I really think it mostly attributes to COVID versus it not having a big star. The runtime I think is really killing it because I, when I saw how many people watched it opening weekend on HBO max, oof, that was rough. But could it, it be like 693,000? Could it be like a Ryan and the last dragon situation where it doesn't do well in the opening, but it has a lot of legs. Because Rise still, I mean, up until like, I think this last week, it did pretty, it's been doing pretty well. It's really funny you say that because I read an article today that was saying like Ken in the Heights bounced back like the greatest showman Mm -hmm. did back in 2017. And they were going through it and they were like, honestly, like it probably isn't going to bounce back because when you look at also the upcoming movies coming out, like it's not going to. It's probably not going to be able to, like, it's barely beating out The Conjuring in A Quiet Place too, And it's like, it, may, it has to make $110 million, mm-hmm. And it only made 11.7 opening weekend. Like, that's a lot of ground it has to catch up. But uh, that's the only reason I said, because, like, I know Raya, like, when we when we were reviewing Raya, everyone was like, oh, like, it's it's a bomb. It's 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 bombed. It's it's done. It wasn't well. It didn't do well. And now, like, late, if you, like, I looked at it every week and I was like, damn, this movie is making, it never stopped making a million every weekend. It made a million or more, which I thought was pandemic-wise pretty good for a movie that's been out for X amount of time. It kind of pulled, I don't think, it, it's not doing as well as Greatest Showman, but I didn't even think about that. It's kind of, like, in the same vein, and it's, like, where it didn't do well in the opening, but it, it lasted so long in the top five in all this stuff. And I'm just curious if this movie could do that. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to, but is it a question worth asking is what I'm, what I'm wondering. Even like with a word of mouth, like that's a lot of ground it has to cover. And it has literally like 
a week and a half, maybe not even mm-hmm. to make up that ground. Yeah, I, I think if it wasn't so crowded at the box office, it would have. But, I mean, you got Fast 9 coming out in like a week. But yeah. could it do like a counter-programming against all this? Because all this stuff is no, nothing fast, like... Fast there's no musicals coming out for I don't, fast West Side Story, Fast right? and Furious has the same like demographic. It's got like the Latino... It's, That's true. Yeah, That's so true. it's not really going to... I think it's going to kind of drop off, unfortunately. And honestly, it's the runtime. The runtime is killing it. And I think that the runtime is needed, but the runtime is killing it. And I'll be honest, like, I love this movie, but a reason why I haven't watched it in full again for the second time is because I don't want to sit through another two and a half movie. Well, that's why when I was watching again to see if I liked one thing or another to, like, watch it again, that's why, like, I was between, like, two scores. And I was like, well, if I watch this two and a half movie, a two hour and two and a half hour movie again, and I, like, enjoyed it as much as I did, obviously it's the higher one because it's, like, it's weird because you start it and like you hit a you hit a like I said before you hit a couple lulls, but besides that you're kind of engrossed in it and like I think that's why I'm like if it was just a if it was trimmed I know I know you guys like agree that it's needed but if it was just trimmed like a little more I feel like it could have benefited a lot of things altogether. Oh yeah, no yeah I it it's like I'm in a weird middle place where it's like I wish that it was trimmed but I know that it can't be trimmed, mm. but the two and a half hour runtime is really like. When I saw it was two and a half hours before, like, I knew I was going to like it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and, like, I even told Jimmy right before, after I told him I liked it, I was like, start it early. It's a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> yeah, we didn't like, start it early. Not wait. I mean, it didn't bother me. I enjoyed every minute of it, so. Well, look at you. But on that note, I think we should wrap it up. And we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we want to hear what you think, so leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Horror Review. Click around www.poporreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan cast episode.